0: You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're gonna talk about Clay Clark, organizer of the Reawaken America Conference and the many strange things he says and believes. Religious extremist Kirk Cameron and Charlie Kirk having a conversation about religious freedom. The kidnapping plot against Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. The trial against the kidnappers has officially started. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. There's a strike that's happening pretty soon. Apparently, like, the majority of the residential buildings in New York City are unionized, so like all of the doormen, all of the repairmen, all of the everybody involved, except for these building supers and the landlords themselves, are in a union. And there's a there's a strike that's taking place sometime in April soon, I think. And of course, I'm absolutely 100% behind the strikers, absolutely behind them. I stand for what they're doing, and I hope that they get what they deserve. I hope they get higher pay or benefits or whatever it is that they're they're striking for. It's definitely going to complicate my life, but I will take it f- you know, for the short time that it will be for them to make their point and hopefully get their raise. I'm not even really sure how my building is going to operate without them. That's going to be really complicated, but like I said, I'm behind them. Hope for the best. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hi Owen, this is Mike from
1: Florida. You know, when I see these polls that say half of conservatives believe in QAnon or the stolen election, I just can't take that seriously because these people are nothing but trolls and this is all just a playground insult fight to them. They don't care about the truth and they don't really believe in anything except their own power and superiority. So they're not capable of communicating in good faith, and they will say anything to advance their agenda. So I don't take them seriously, but I'd like to know what you think. Thanks.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that you're absolutely on point and correct about the politicians. I think that's true about the people at the top in leadership positions. I don't think it's true about the people. I think when we're dealing with like polling data, we're probably looking at like concentric circles. So the inner circle, the smallest one, is made up of QAnon true believers, people that call themselves digital soldiers, follow every q post and have some of them memorized and all of that stuff believe that trump is about to take down the cabal any day so on and so forth then there's an outer circle who may believe a lot of that stuff but they don't really call themselves digital soldiers they maybe have a lot of friends that call themselves that they're tangentially involved in the QAnon movement and then another circle out is people who believe the election was stolen don't call themselves digital soldiers or really know many people who do and don't identify as QAnon, but definitely buy into a lot of conspiracy theories about the same stuff that QAnon believes. And then the, the final outer ring would be moderates who still want lower taxes and, you know, whatever other things moderates want. It, and I feel like, like, everybody in the circle is getting sucked into the center it's like each circle is kind of widening, except for the moderate one. Everybody is is going deeper into this belief system right now. That's the way it seems to me. And the reason that's happening is because the politicians, the leaders at the top, are espousing these terrible ideas and spreading these QAnon conspiracy theories intentionally to get attention to try to build their voter base to appeal to more people things like that to ride off of trump's coattails that's the way that i see it right now i mean and i have some data to back that up but uh you know it's hard to know for sure exactly how many are out there
1: okay my name's kevin um i recently had a debate with one of my friends over the don't say gay bill and we're both in florida and i just wanted to ask because he came he grew up in like a more like conservative christian um uh, family and he he, know, at the end of it he was kind of talking about like he loved the hater um but he loved the <laughs> love the sinner um hate the sin and i was wondering like how do you deal with somebody who you know is a good person but i feel like they're kind of like stuck in these um like harmful really views with from their parents that. Since they grew up in that household, thank you.
0: It's really complicated sometimes to try to pull somebody out of it, and the first thing you have to do is to recognize that there is a distinct possibility that you may not be able to do anything. Go into it with no expectations but hopes, hoping that you may be able to help them see reason. When you're entering a conversation with these people, you should enter it in an inquisitive way with an inquisitive disposition don't make them feel like they're attacked because if they do feel that way they're just going to shut down and the conversation is over there's no more progress that's going to be made so try to be non-confrontational don't let them feel that they're being attacked and just kind of poke little holes and ask in an inquisitive way for more information and just poke holes in it as you go, you know? They, they present you with something and they say, I believe that this blah, 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 I believe the election was stolen. And you ask for evidence of that, like, well, that's concerning. Like, tell me, why do you think that? Like, what do you got? Show me something. Of course, the natural reaction is, well, I don't have evidence exactly. So they try to base everything off of emotions, generally. They'll say things like, I just know that's true. I just know it. Like, you think you can trust Biden to blah, blah, blah? Well, no, I don't think I can trust Biden, but I need to know. I want to know if what you believe is true and if you're right. I want to be right, too. So let's look at the evidence together. Do you have any for me? Ultimately, they don't have any evidence for the vast majority of the claims that they make. I mean, I, I'm talking like qanon Honor or slightly less extreme than that, those types of people. So you just have to poke holes one after the other, slowly but surely, and don't let them feel like they're being attacked, basically. That's the technique. Oh,
1: and after a couple of years, watching you and calling you three times a day. I finally sort of figured out something with Enloe today.
0: Uh, He's talking about Johnny Enloe. Yeah, he he calls me pretty frequently, and I skim through them. I don't play every clip or every voicemail that he leaves, because some of them aren't even intended to be played on air, but if they're under 30 seconds, I'm going to listen to it. I always listen to the ones at least under 30 seconds, sometimes under 45 seconds or a minute.
1: guys spend a ridiculous amount of time creating a problem that doesn't exist rather than using their brains to work on some of the real, very real problems that do exist and it's like i don't quite that's why it's so hard to understand my friend thanks bye
0: yeah absolutely get where you're coming from these people like johnny enloe do tend to like literally sometimes literally cry about issues that don't exist. Like they're living through like the, you know, they're gonna cause themselves to have PTSD because they're sitting here like living through this horrific scenario that they've built up in their mind that's completely fabricated. But that's the thing, in their mind, it is real. To them, it is real, even if it's fake, like on a reality level, like with the rest of society, even if it's completely fake, to them, it's real. To them, the election really was stolen. To them, they really are being oppressed for being Christians. You know, this stuff is real in their heads. And whether it's real to everybody else or not, it can still affect them the same way as if it were real to them. And uh, for that reason, they, get, they have a tendency to get very worked up and emotional about a lot of this stuff. Uh, unjustifiably, of course, but it does still happen. It is the strangest thing to watch.
1: Hey, oh, and this is uh, Jordan from South Carolina. I've called in a couple of times, man, and I uh, just wanted to call. hope you and the family and everybody's doing well. A uh, reason for my call is I just wanted any advice you might have since you're a father and I'm a somewhat recently new father. My little girl just turned two. Uh, any advice on raising the kids, a secular household? Um, I grew up in a religious household myself, not Jehovah's Witness, but like Southern Methodist and Baptist and all of that fun mess. So, yeah, any advice at all that all of you have, man, I'd really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the phone call. Uh well, there are a couple of concerns to think about. I do have a kid and I did raise that kid to be secular like me. So here's the first concern, is there anybody in their life that is going to try to shove religion down their throats? If there is, it's a totally different conversation. You're going to have to really drill home critical thinking skills and do, you know, try to counter the propaganda that they're shoving down their throats and things like that. Assuming that there isn't somebody who's going to be doing that, assuming that they are just a normal kid who isn't going to be like exposed to extreme propaganda, my one piece of advice is to teach them basic critical thinking skills. That's number one. And number two, explain this stuff deeply to them at some age, probably not early, probably 10, 11, 12 maybe, Because that's usually the age at which they can see through BS. But at some point, it would be useful to the kid to understand how church works, like procedurally, like how do you walk into a church? How do you sit down in a church? What do they do when they sing their hymns? Like who is singing and why? And how do they pick these people? And what's a church deacon? Like I never learned all of that stuff, being a Jehovah's Witness. I lived in a totally different culture and that it socially crippled me in some ways because you know I, I was working with people who were talking about stuff that I just straight up didn't understand being an ex-Jehovah's Witness. It could be useful at some age, 10, 11, 12, even 15 or 16, for somebody to sit down and explain how all of this is structured so they don't miss out on this cultural thing, so that they can at least understand this cultural thing, in my opinion. Aside from all of that, always, always teach critical thinking skills from day one. That's the number one thing that you can do. Here's an email from Athena. It says, hi Telltale, I'm an ex-Catholic and I've been a fan of your channel for a few months now. I received a letter and pamphlet from a JW today and I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Based on what you've said on your channel, it sounds like the person hit the usual talking points, juxtaposing the current suffering on earth with the idea of paradise. But I wondered if there's anything that jumps out to you. I was also wondering why the person refers to God as God and not Jehovah. I'm guessing it's just to avoid confusion for those unfamiliar with that name but I know that the true name of God is also a core belief for them. Thank you so much. I appreciate all that you do to spread the truth about religious cults, etc. Athena. Yeah, thank you for the email. Yeah, absolutely. That That is why they said God and not Jehovah. They don't want to kind of scare you away before they even rope you in, basically. They wanted to avoid confusion. They wanted to avoid scaring people away because some people have a hard stance on the name of God and... Yeah, they didn't want to risk anything. As for the letter, it's actually really hard to read for me because it's kind of scribbles and stuff. But if anybody wants to read it, then they can feel free to. If you want to pause this clip or whatever, then feel free. That's the front. This is the back. Scribbled out the name. And this is the pamphlet they sent. I've seen a lot of these. In fact, I think I probably passed some of these out back in the day. But anyway... Thank you so much for the email, I appreciate it. That is very interesting. Next email is from Bra Girl energy 420 I believe they're in the chat right now. Sorry if there's an email limit, this is my second. There is not an email limit, FYI. Uh, feel free to email as many times as you want. Know that you may be at risk of it going into spam automatically if you send too many. Just Gmail does that sometimes but you haven't hit the limit obviously because it reached me i had a few questions regarding the governing body of the jw's how many are there have you ever met one what is your opinion of them as a jw and now jehovah's witnesses governing body members are way more in the public eye now than they were when i was a kid when i was a kid i didn't even know who they were I had no idea. I think the information was available through like one of their publications or something, but they really didn't publicize who they were until, I don't know, 2010, 11, 12, somewhere in there. Then they really started coming out into the public eye and making their name known and all that stuff. There are eight of them. I don't know that I can name all of them. I think there's Sanders, Samuel Heard. David Splain, Tony Morris. That's four. Uh, Sanders may not even be right. There are eight. Hang on. L- let me just look now that I'm thinking about it. Um, yeah. Okay. Kenneth Cook. Kenneth Cook. Samuel Hurd, Jeffrey Jackson. Stephen Lett. Garrett Loesch. Tony Morris. Mark Sanderson, and David Splain. Those are the those are the governing body members. I knew uh, I was missing some obvious ones. Stephen Lett. How did I forget him? Anyways, yeah, I didn't have much of an opinion on them at all when I was a Jehovah's Witness because they weren't public, but now they are, obviously, and a lot of people, from what I've heard in the religion, have their own favorite governing body member. My mom's favorite is Tony Morris because he's a Vietnam veteran, and so is my mom. They have that in common. Jehovah's Witnesses aren't allowed, they're complete pacifists. They aren't allowed to take part in war or military anything at all, so it's not common you find a Vietnam veteran. Anyway, yeah, I've never met one before. Uh, I think that answers your last question. Wouldn't mind it, though. I'd have a few choice questions for him. Next, we're going to talk about Clay Clark, organizer of the Reawaken America conference, and the many strange things he says and believes. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. first story I wanted to talk about is about a guy named Clay Clark. He is the organizer of the Reawaken America tour, which I've talked about a lot, but I haven't done like a deep dive into Clay Clark himself. So I wanted to give you an idea of who Clay Clark is, and some of the stranger things that he has to say. This clip came out early January 2022, And it's just intended to give you an idea of who he is and what he believes. So let's give this a watch and see what he has to say.
2: The models that said that 2.2 million Americans would die from COVID, those are false. And they're funded by Bill Gates. I got it, okay? The PCR tests are false.
0: I just want to put on record what he's saying here is not true. I think I have to say it for each thing. So let's examine each thing individually real fast.
2: The models that said that 2.2 million Americans would die from COVID, those are false.
0: The models that said that 2.2 million Americans would die from COVID were are false. I mean, no, those models were not false based on the data inputs that we used to get there. Those were actually correct. It's just we modified the situation to save people's lives successfully, I might add. So no, those models were not false. We just put work into preventing worst case scenarios from playing out and we succeeded. The worst case scenario did not play out. I mean, we're still up to what, like a million or something? How many COVID deaths do we have in the US? Uh, we're at 980,000 COVID deaths currently at the moment that this is being filmed. So yeah, 2.2 million Americans suffering from this, That That isn't that far off, honestly. That model was not quote-unquote false. We just took steps to try to save people's lives and succeeded. The
2: PCR tests are false.
0: I don't know what he is using to determine that, but that's simply incorrect.
2: And the guy who invented them Carrie Mullis has said Fauci's a pathological liar.
0: Wow, isn't that convenient? The people that you don't agree with or you don't believe are are pathological liars. No, like, extra information that you wanna give us, no explanation of any sort, just write them off completely as pathological liars without explanation, fantastic. The treatments for COVID are being withheld. What is he even talking about? I assume he's talking about, like, ivermectin or something. Um, FYI, there was a study done very recently that determined, I mean, double-blind, absolute best quality study that you can get in science, determined that ivermectin is completely and totally 100% useless for curing COVID. So take that for what you will.
2: Then I researched at timetofreeamerica.com. I put all my research there, but I discovered that the Rockefeller plan, which I had in my possession, uh, had been written in 2010, which called for the release of a synthetic virus. Quarantines, curfews, mandates, forced vaccinations.
0: All complete nonsense. And uh, that whole quarantines, forced vaccinations thing, that never happened either. These people have been talking about like quarantine camp for who knows how long. That never happened, did it? But they still harp on this.
2: And ultimately, putting you into quarantine camps if you don't take the RNA-modifying nanotechnology.
0: Wow, that's a lot. RNA modifying nanotechnology. Seriously, this has got to be one of the weirdest conspiracy theories that I've heard in a while. And this dude, honestly, genuinely, the, to the bottom of his heart, believes it. I figured this would be a good video to start out with, just so that you guys have a good grip on who he is and what he believes.
2: Now, somebody today reached out to me and they weren't aware of this and their, their mind exploded. I talked to them, talked them off the ledge, because I want you to know, this
0: proves God is real. How? How does this prove God is real? How does this give us any insight at all into God or or whatever else? This dude is absolutely unhinged in every way. It blows my mind. This right here, this is why it's important to cover him. Watch this next clip. This is with somebody named Pete Santilli.
2: Eric Trump has now joined the tour, and what that does, by Eric joining the tour, what that does is that brings people to the events that uh, maybe think shows like yours and mine are crazy shows because we share so much truth Pete you know on your our show we're we're, your show Pete is basically the show that uh covers the stuff that Fox
0: News will not touch that's why it's important to talk about this guy because he's absolutely right Eric Trump went to his conference Eric Trump shared a stage with Pete Santilli and Clay Clark who spread all of these baseless, insane conspiracy theories. That's why we've got to talk about this guy. Well, since we're talking about some of his conspiracy theories, why don't we take a look at one of his more recent ones? This one is from March 2022. He was on Real America's Voice. So check this one out.
3: What do people need to understand in your estimation?
2: What we need to understand is that Congress is working on legislation called H.R. 6666. It's H.R. and then four sixes.
0: Yeah, right off the bat, he's using the fact that there are sixes in the title to fearmonger about it, obviously. He's appealing to a religious crowd. He is an ultra-religious, ultra-nationalist kind of person, right-wing extremist type of person. So naturally, being afraid of the number six comes with the territory. Since we're talking about H.R. 6666, though... H.R. 6666. Yeah, let's, uh, let's read about it. Let's see exactly what it is and, and if there really is anything to be afraid of or whatever else. This is a fact-check article from Reuters. The title is False Claim... H.R. 6666 bill allows strangers to enter your house, test you for COVID-19, and take family members into quarantine. Reuters is an absolutely phenomenal news reporting agency, by the way. If you haven't heard of them or don't use them, you absolutely should start using them. They're great. This was written by Reuters staff. It doesn't give a specific name. Released May 13, 2020. So the H.R. 6666 bill thing, this has been out for a while, this whole you know, fear-mongering thing about it has been going around for, like, ever. Social media users have been sharing images online that claim Bill H.R. 6666, introduced by Democratic Congressman Bobby Rush, and also known as the COVID-19 Testing, Reaching, and Contacting Everyone Act, or TRACE Act, will allow the government to forcibly enter homes, test, and remove family members, including children, to be taken into quarantine. This is the... Quarantine camps claim. This is what they're talking about. Like, they're deathly afraid of quarantine camps appearing. Uh, which, by the way, never happened. We made it through the pandemic. Not entirely yet, I don't think. But, we, you know, we've been in it for a couple of years now. And quarantine camps never appeared. How about that? Forced vaccinations never happened. Never happened. There was a period of time when Biden was trying to push this executive order, I think, that would make vaccination or weekly testing mandatory, one or the other. You could either get vaccinated or get tested weekly. That's not mandatory vaccination, by the way. And the Supreme Court shot that down. The Supreme Court justices that Trump put into office, by the way, are the ones that voted against that. Just putting that on record for you. So we haven't had quarantine camps. And we haven't had mandatory vaccinations this entire time. This is all fear-mongering nonsense. It always has been. Let's keep reading about Bill H.R. 6666. I got to come up with a shorter name for that. Maybe... H.R. quadruple six? I don't know. We'll see. It says, one post reads, Nancy Pelosi's trying to pass a law called H.R. 6666. The irony is stifling. If this passes, strangers can come in your house and take, by force if needed, your family members, including your children, to a quarantined area. Please tell me I'm in a nightmare. You're in a nightmare. This is nonsense. This This was not true when this post was written. It wasn't true when the article debunked it, and it's not true now. H.R. 6666 was introduced by Rush on May 1, 2020. The bill will allocate $100 billion for COVID-19 testing and contact tracing by using mobile health units. The bill says nothing about forced testing, forced entry to people's houses, or the removal of family members to be quarantined. In a statement to Reuters via email, Rush said participation would be voluntary. This is a quote from the congressman who submitted the bill. Contact tracing is not a new idea and is regarded by the CDC as a key strategy for preventing further spread of COVID-19. My bill, the COVID-19 Trace Act, is about appropriately and safely using this time-tested principle to better assist the communities that are the most impacted by the coronavirus, namely the African-American community, through voluntary testing and door-to-door outreach. So all this fear-mongering from Clay Clark is absolute nonsense. And he's still saying this in late March 2022. So that's who we're dealing with in Clay Clark. Let's keep listening to the clip
2: Then four sixes that legislation, if that were passed, would uh, make every single person on the planet, or at least in America, to take
0: an RNA modifying nanotechnology inside your body that has the capacity to control your thoughts. Oh, my God, this is really unhinged stuff. I didn't hear anything about that's a new claim like from my understanding bill HR 6666 was just about contact tracing and and helping us figure out like how to stop the virus like how to stop the spread and all that people were complaining about other you know the government busting into your house and like taking people away or whatever that was nonsense in itself but i guess we have like an added claim on top of it what was that again would uh, make every single person on the planet or at least in america to take an rna modifying nanotechnology inside your body that has okay so i capacity to control your thoughts i love it dude i love it i love this stuff it is so unhinged and crazy it is fascinating to me So he's talking about forced vaccination here. That's not in HR 6666 either. So I I really don't know what he's even talking about.
2: So everybody out there needs to make sure that all of your elected officials need to know, do not let HR 6666 pass and do not take those RNA-modifying nanotechnologies inside your body. If you've already taken the shots inside your body and you have concerns, please go to com and just come out to one of our events because we have doctors, uh, scientists,
0: and people that know what's going on. No. They don't. They don't have anybody who knows what's going on. If the organizer believes this stuff about it, I guarantee you don't have anybody appearing who knows what's going on. Developing therapies and treatments that can help reverse uh, some of the
2: side effects of these uh, quote-unquote gene therapy, RNA-modifying nanotechnology vaccines.
0: Okay, that, that was bizarre and unhinged, but it gets even more interesting from here. Check this out. Listen to what the host says after Clay Clark leaves.
3: oh Thank you, sir. Thank you, brother. Take care. All Bye. right. Uh, and look, uh, once again,
0: this is called hedging what we're about to listen to.
3: Look, uh, once again, I just want to repeat. Uh, are we giving you any definitive conclusions on this? I want to be very clear. We're not. But guess what? That's not our job. You know whose job that is? That's your job. It's not Don Lemon's job and it's not my job.
0: Wow, man. Well, I feel like it's the news's job to communicate correct and accurate, objective information to us. It is, in fact, your job to give us correct information. This is him hedging. I see this kind of thing all the time from right-wing extremist media. They're always being careful about what they say and backing up and saying, well, we're not saying that the election was stolen. When Dominion filed like billion dollar lawsuits against a bunch of people, Sidney Powell, One American News also, I think, They all had to come out with this big, long statement about how they didn't believe that the election was fraudulent and all this other stuff. They're always hedging. And after that hedging is over, after they've backed up and said, we're not saying this, they then continue on to just come out and say it.
3: Okay, here's the difference though. Don Lemon's never gonna talk about any of what we just heard. We will hear on the water cooler. Why? Because it's part of the narrative. It's part of the full, Uh, complexity of all of this that you need to
0: we're giving you the full picture no you're not you're not giving us the full picture you're giving us an inaccurate distorted picture of the situation the news is supposed to provide objective information here's the problem when it comes to something like the flat earth debate there is no moderate position on that there is a correct answer is the earth flat or not the answer is no The earth is not flat. That's not me being biased against flat earthers or whatever. That's just me stating facts. The fact is the earth is not flat. This is called neutrality bias. Don't fall for it. There are objective answers to some things. The war in Ukraine was unprovoked. That's not me taking Ukraine's side. That's me being objective sometimes you can't both be objective and neutral simultaneously what this guy is doing is trying to paint a picture that he's giving us the all the facts he's given us the whole thing so that we can examine it ourselves we don't need the whole thing what we want are the facts and you're not giving them to us
3: of this that you need to know and guess what now the responsibility falls on we the people if you will in other words folks All of you out there need to go research it, figure it out for yourself, and draw your own conclusions.
0: No, don't figure it out, research it for yourself, and draw your own conclusions. Listen to experts who've been studying this stuff for 30 years, 40 or 50 years even, some of them. Listen to experts who know what they're talking about. A Google search is not more valuable than 50 years of experience in the field of vaccine research
3: figure it out for yourself and draw your own conclusions. That's the right thing to do, back in a moment.
0: So anyways, yeah, that's Clay Clark. (laughs) That's the hilarious network, Real America's Voice. And that is how unhinged they are right now. He just came out with a brand new talk recently, brand new clip that I wanted to take a look at. Late March, 2022, he went up on stage and had some interesting things to say. So take a look at this one. This is Clay Clark. Late March 2022. The word corona equals 666. Whoa, interesting. I think I've heard that somewhere before. That's really familiar. You know where I've heard that before? I heard that claim from Mark Taylor on the Erskine podcast. Check this out. I had to dig deep for this clip. This is from mid-November 2020. It was shortly after the 2020 election. When we start out, I believe it's Erskine talking first
4: they're calling even calling it the Biden vaccine and isn't it interesting they
0: Yeah, this is before the vaccine actually came out or before it was available to the public. It was really early and the right wingers were like really in favor of it still currently because Trump was the president at this moment still and Trump was speaking highly of the vaccine basically. So, you can hear Erskine complaining that people were thanking Biden for the vaccine instead of who the thanks was supposed to be going to, which is Donald Trump. They really do live in a different reality.
4: They're calling Even calling it the Biden vaccine. And isn't it interesting? They wait till a week after the election to announce they have a
1: vaccine. Right. This has been a uh, up from the very beginning for the Democrats. You know,
0: yeah, this is Mark Taylor. If you're unfamiliar, I've talked about him a few times. Mark Taylor is a pastor, megachurch pastor, basically, also known as the Firefighter Prophet. The guy was the subject of a documentary put out by Liberty University, completely unhinged from reality. He is a massive QAnon promoter, QAnon follower, incredibly invested in the QAnon movement, uh, Mark Taylor is, and extremely influential.
1: This has been set up from the very beginning from the Democrats. You know, whether it was trying to hurt Trump with the COVID, whether it was trying to hurt him uh, with this or that. I mean, there's so many different things. The vaccine, I, I tell people, if you were listening to Trump back in the COVID times.
0: Back in the COVID times, as if we weren't still in the COVID times at the moment. It's because, like, these people tend to believe that COVID was a thing for a short period of time. But how long that period of time was depends on who you're talking to and how advantageous it was for it to be over by a certain point in time.
1: Trump's 10 steps ahead of everybody.
0: Are we talking about the same Trump right now?
1: And when you listen to him speak, every time that he would say the word COVID, switch that out with the word cabal.
0: Oh, my God. This is his QAnon roots shining through right now. Cabal is code for, like, the elites or, you know, whoever else. The people who take adrenochrome, basically. Mm-hmm.
4: Every
1: time that he, he says, what is the cure? The vaccine. What is the vaccine? We, the people in the military, when they go in and they start arresting these people. I think this he was giving code out a lot of times to to people because there's always more than one depth of revelation to what he says
0: you notice the word there revelation that was an interesting choice of words wasn't it that's because mark taylor genuinely truly to the bottom of his heart believes donald trump to be a part of his theology he's like one of their not their prophets they don't seem to believe that trump is a prophet they view him as like one of the messiahs they believe he's like one of the top people in the hierarchy, incredibly influential in their Christian belief system.
1: He's so much far ahead of the game. So the vaccine is the cure for what? The cabal. That's what's going to happen, I believe, when they release the
0: vaccine. So right now, you know, November, mid-November 2020, Mark Taylor is talking about how excited he is for the vaccine to come out because it's going to be the cure to the cabal, quote-unquote. Now look where the whole QAnon movement is with it. Isn't that interesting? Like, how they believe one thing and then immediately flip on a dime like that. No questions asked, a new narrative is submitted to them, and they accept it instantly. Isn't that something? Here's the next part. This is Erskine speaking, the podcast host. This is the part that I wanted to talk about, because if you remember, a minute ago I talked about Clay Clark saying something interesting about COVID or, or Corona, as he called it.
2: The word Corona equals six, six, six.
0: OK, so now we're going to listen to this Erskine podcast and see what he has to say. We're
4: going to go with Corona. It's called the Corona virus. Now, if you go with Corona, C-O-R-O-N-A, six letters. C is the number third letter in the alphabet. O is the 15th letter. R is the 18th. O is the 15th. N is the 14th. A is the first. Six layers in Corona. Those other numbers add up to 66. 666. A cult-driven script and a Luciferian human sacrifice. A mega ritual. This is what Satan uses. And that's it. 666. Corona. Is that coincidence? I don't buy coincidence. Do you? Nope.
0: Yeah, these people are so unhinged from reality. I honestly find it entertaining as hell. Truly, I I am so entertained by how completely unhinged these people are. It's sad. I mean, it's terribly sad, and I wish I could find some way to help these people. Really, I do. But I will be damned if this is not entertaining as hell. So anyway, let's get back to the Clay Clark video Got a little sidetracked there. Remember, late March 2022 is when he came up on stage saying this. So they've been saying this for like a couple years now, year and a half at least, since the beginning of the pandemic, honestly. Let's see what he had to say.
2: The word Corona equals 666. So if you go to Google real quick, uh, if you pull up on the screen real quick and just pull up Google, and you search for the Google Chrome logo, the Google Chrome logo under, remember Yuval Noah Harari is now the prophet of Silicon Valley. Under his leadership, they changed the logo to be 666. The Google Chrome logo is 666.
0: And the Google Chrome logo is 666. Dude, I love it. Seriously, I love these conspiracies. They entertain me to no end. This is the Google Chrome 666 conspiracy theory. This is something else, man.
2: So people always say, well, you got to trust Google. How many of you had people say this? Well, Google says. So the Google Chrome logo is 666. Now, the day one that Biden Biden got in office, he asked asked for $6.5 billion to start a new department, a new agency of the United States government. And that agency, type in HR 6666, there's four sixes.
0: Once again, he's going back to the HR 6666 bill. Like, we talked about this. This is not what he says it was. He's saying Biden wanted to create a new agency for the U.S. where they're going to, like, go into your house and— drag you away to quarantine camps and stuff. It's just nonsense.
2: Is to do surveillance under the skin and be able to arrest you for pre-crime.
0: Arrest you for pre-crime. Isn't there a movie about that? Minority Report or something like that? No. This is absolute nonsense. Top to bottom.
2: And the guy he tapped to be the head of that agency was Jeffrey Epstein's partner.
0: Oh, I love it. They searched for it. And there's a Reuters fact check right here in the bottom right corner. Oh, that is hilarious when they searched for it.
2: Have an HR six 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 HR, and then four sixes. And then click on it. There he goes, And click on that legislation right there, top. Click on that first link. Boom. All right. So look at that. HR six 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 six. So, search, again, COVID pop quiz stands for vaccination, ID, AI, that's what it is. Google Chrome logo is 666, that's what it is.
0: That is so unhinged, dude. And what were they saying a minute ago? COVID stands for what? Uh, I think I've heard this before. Uh, so I just wanted to, like, look it up. Yeah, okay, there's another, like, there's another Reuters fact check article here. Here's a, uh, fact check on Reuters, once again. False claim. COVID-19 stands for Certification of Vaccine Identification by Artificial Intelligence. C-O-V-I-A-I? I don't understand what they're... Oh, is it just ID? Certification of Vaccine identification like c-o-v-i-d is that what he's saying i mean it's made up obviously like i don't even have to look at the fact check but it is truly entertaining as hell to like go through these fact checks and these crazy claims and see like what people are saying about it. Social media users have been sharing images online that claim COVID-19 is an abbreviation for Certificate of Vaccination Identification by AI. The posts often include black and white photograph of a soldier of two men while the soldier checks a document. In one post, the top part of the image breaks down each letter of COVID by the corresponding word and then says, let this sink in, Certificate of Vaccination Identification it explains the number 19 by saying it's a reference to artificial intelligence or AI, the first and ninth letters of the alphabet. Wow, dude. That, that is, okay, now it, I understand what the claim is. That is unhinged, bizarre stuff, really. There's no evidence to support this claim. The images do not offer a source or justification. Of course they don't. Like they need a source or justification, they just bust out the craziest stuff they can think of and run with it. That's what they've always done. The far right is like way, way over the top now, but they've always been very, very conspiratorial like this, like since day one. If you look
2: next time you use Google, just know you're using Satan's filter. Seriously. It's very important to know that. Also, Google Chrome, okay? Google's called the Chrome is the name of the logo. Chrome is the name of the, of the search engine. You ready for another
0: conspiracy theory? He's going to lay another one on us.
2: It's powered by an operating system called Adreno. Adreno Chrome. You're using Satan's tool every time you use Google.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Adreno Chrome. What is Adreno as an operating system? What is he talking about? There's no operating system called Adreno. There is a type of graphics card that has like a brand name or whatever called Adreno as far as I know I mean if I'm incorrect here and there is an operating system named Adreno post it in the comments but I'm deeply skeptical I I looked this up didn't see a word about an operating system dude is just spouting nonsense doesn't even need to back any of it up because he knows his audience will believe him this is the guy that is running the Reawaken America tour that FYI Jim Brewer went to just 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 putting it out there. It is entertaining as hell to listen to these people eat themselves alive with conspiracies, really. It is so interesting to watch this play out in front of us. Next, we're going to talk about religious extremists Kirk Cameron and Charlie Kirk having a conversation about religious freedom. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. The next story I wanted to talk about is about somebody named Kirk Cameron. The guy's probably most famous for this debate that he had with Ray Comfort. I'll tell you what, if you don't know what this is, I'll let you go in blind. This debate happened May 5th, 2007. Let's just watch.
5: Science has never found a genuine transitional form that is one kind of animal crossing over into another kind, either living or in the fossil record. And there's supposed to
0: be billions of them. That is incorrect. Science has found lots of transitional forms. Archaeopteryx, Tiktaalik, like there are a billion examples. Those are just two. We've found a lot of transitional forms. The fact that he's even said this betrays a complete lack of understanding for what evolution is or how it operates or or anything else about it honestly. Now what I'm about to show you does not exist. These were actually created by our graphic
5: artists, but I want you to keep your your eye out for this because this is what evolutionists have been searching for for hundreds of years. All right, and if you find one of these, you could become rich and famous. So here's some transitional forms. This is called the crocodile. Can you see this? God, what a Crocodile and a duck. All right, let's try another one. This is the bullfrog. (laughs) Half bull, half frog, or, of course, the sheepdog.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's just complete nonsense. He obviously does not understand what evolution is or how it works. The fact that he's saying this in the first place tells me he doesn't understand the first thing about it. He got Really, really well-known, like notorious for this clip uh, among atheists after 2007. Like everybody was talking about it. It was ridiculous. I wanted to just give you an idea of who he is, so let's watch another clip from him. This guy next to him, this is Ray Comfort. He's another evangelical type who likes to debate people a lot. And, you know, he, he gets on the debate stage all the time. Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort are close friends, and they're always debating people. They're always on the Christian side of the Christian versus evolution debate. Anyway, they had this show, May twenty second 2006. They went on this show together. Kirk Cameron's on the right here. Ray Comfort's on the left. And they were talking about evolution, of course. So Ray on the left here he has an illustration he wants to lay down for us so let's listen to this one uh, by the way this is the reason that ray comfort is called banana man if you're curious
6: behold the atheist's nightmare now if you study a well-made banana you'll find on the far side there are three ridges on the close side two ridges if you get your hand ready to grip a banana you'll find on the far side there are three grooves on the close side two grooves the banana and the hand are Perfectly made one for the other.
0: I will not take the low hanging fruit. I will not do it. You cannot force me to take the low hanging fruit.
6: You'll find the maker of the banana, Almighty God, has made it with a non slip surface. It has outward indicators of inward contents green, too early, yellow, just right, black, too late.
0: You know, I, I understand what he's saying here. He's basically trying to illustrate the fact that everything seems to be made for us here, right, on Earth. It seems like it's made for us. But I think it was, who was it? Um, who's the, what's the name of the guy who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Douglas Adams, yeah. Douglas Adams wrote The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Really, really famous book. And I feel he had the best answer this problem. Everything does seem like it's designed to us. It looks like we're made for this world, right? Let me give you this quote from Douglas Adams. This is what he had to say about it. If you imagine a puddle waking up one morning and thinking, this is an interesting world I find myself in, an interesting hole I find myself in. Fits me rather neatly, doesn't it? In fact, it fits me staggeringly well. It must have been made to have me in it. Just because something fits you well Just because you fit in something well or your environment seems to be designed for you doesn't mean it was. You have no reason to make that assumption. A hole was not made for a puddle. The water dripped down into the ground and formed the puddle. The puddle perfectly shaped to its environment. The two came together and now are shaped exactly the same. The hole and the water. It's a similar situation with what we're seeing with the banana. Although it's it's a little bit different with the banana because actually this isn't originally what bananas looked like or how they operated. The bananas that we have today, they are a direct result of artificial selection. We made the bananas that we have today. Have you ever seen a an original banana? Like what they looked like before we got to them? This weird potato looking thing that's like hard and full of seeds and just disgusting we modified the banana over time by selecting for what tasted the best and from my understanding i could be wrong on this so don't quote me but i believe just about every modern banana that we eat i think they're all clones of each other this isn't an example of intelligent design this isn't an example of seeing something and just accepting that it was made for us This isn't an example of fine tuning. This is an example of evolution, Ray. This is an example of evolution.
6: Now, if you go to the top of the banana, you'll find as with the soda can makers, they placed a tab at the top. So God has placed a tab at the top. When you pull the tab, the contents don't squirt in your face.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point, what he just said. Uh, Just like a soda can has a tab at the top, the banana has a tab at the top where you pull it off. I don't think soda cans were modeled after the banana, but there is something called biomimicry. It's this concept in science where evolution has pretty much figured out the best way to do things over millions of years. And we copy it a lot of the time. We copy a lot of the ideas that we find in nature because it's just straight up the best way to do it. Doesn't mean we're perfect. We are absolutely not. I can think of a billion different ways to improve the human body to make it more efficient. The human body is far from perfect, but it did get some things right, for sure.
6: You'll find the wrapper, which is biodegradable, has perforations. Notice how gracefully it sits over the human hand. Notice it has a point at the top for ease of entry. It's just the right shape for the human mouth.
0: Not taking the low hanging fruit, I refuse. You guys want me to, I'm not gonna do it.
6: It's chewy, easy to digest, and it's even curved toward the face to make the whole process so much easier.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so that's really Comfort's, uh, you know, analysis of bananas and evolution. God, I'm not taking the low-hanging fruit. I know you want me to, and I, and I absolutely won't. He didn't stop in the mid-2000s. He converted when he was 17 years old, according to him, and he uses the term recovering atheist. Like he's a recovering alcoholic or a recovering addict or something. He's a recovering atheist. That term honestly makes me sick. I work in the drug rehabilitation field or that's what my degree is in. And when people say things like that, it genuinely just makes me sick, man. It makes light of something that it's like a flippant thing that, anyway, it just gets under my skin. As I was saying, he didn't stop in the 2000s. So he was 17, how old is he now? He's like 50 something, isn't he? He's 51 now. And it's 2022. So he was born in 1971. So in 1988 is when he converted to Christianity, I guess. If he converted at 17, then it was 1988, I believe. Since he's 51 now, it's 2022. He was 17. Anyway. So he's been doing all of this since 1988, and the 2000s, mid-2000s, like this era that we're watching right here, this is when it started to get really serious and ramp up, but it got even worse as time went on. He continued on, he, to this day, now, he's, he's putting stuff out, like nutty stuff. So I wanted to watch this next clip, November 2nd, 2020, he went on Fox News, and they were about to watch some kind of a rally with Trump, I think, at the time. So he was squeezing in there right before the rally. Let's check this clip out and see what he had to say. November 2nd, 2020. I think this was like two days before the 2020 election.
5: Well, I, I can tell you that um, as I travel the country and teach in churches, I'm seeing a couple things that are just astounding. One is the enthusiasm level for people going going out and rallying for a presidential election is unbelievable. 96 mile car train, 30,000 vehicles, 58,000 people in Pennsylvania. Uh, Regardless of the side of the aisle you're on, this enthusiasm level is unprecedented.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's unprecedented, this enthusiasm level, but he is correct on that. The enthusiasm factor is something that is measured in politics. Like how enthusiastic are these people for this candidate? Hillary Clinton's enthusiasm factor was significantly lower than Donald Trump's in 2016. If Hillary Clinton's enthusiasm factor had been just a little bit higher, she certainly would have won. But having a voter base that is so die-hard enthusiastic about you means they will crawl over broken glass to vote for you. And that is, I think, what won Trump the election in the first place. People absolutely loved the dude in 2016. Not so much 2020, not so much 2020. He was way more polarizing and controversial in 2020. The enthusiasm factor went up for the not Trump candidate, not for Biden necessarily, but for the not Trump candidate. They just didn't want him in office anymore and that's why he lost. So anyway, let's let's continue listening to Kirk Cameron.
5: I see people of faith waking up to the scary idea that socialism and communism are knocking on our doors this Halloween season, and they're disguised in the costumes of public health and social justice.
0: What is he even talking about? Socialism and communism are knocking on our doors this Halloween dressed up as social justice? What? This is so strange. So the dude went from like a religious extremist who's trying desperately to spread religion to everybody he possibly could and to debunk evolution or whatever, and he went straight down a right-wing political rabbit hole. This is something that I've been watching happen a lot recently. I've seen a lot of this happening recently. People who used to be just plain religious are now melding two ideologies together. Their religious identity and their political identity. They're melding them together. And when you meld two identities together like that, there have to be compromises on one of the two things. They don't fit together perfectly. For example, Jesus was kind of a socialist person, right? Jesus hated violence and loved giving things to the poor and all of that other stuff. So these people have to find some way to reconcile Their love for guns with Jesus's pacifism. Their hatred of socialism with Jesus's love for socialism. They they don't fit together right. They don't fit together perfectly. That's what happens when you try to meld two identities together that way. And that's what we're seeing happen in Kirk Cameron's head right now.
5: Our governor just deemed going to church non-essential and Thanksgiving with all my grown children in my living room non-essential. And so that's why uh, friends of mine and I created this event called Non-Essential that millions of people have seen with Dennis D'Souza and Charlie Kirk, yep. and uh, it's it's been an incredible time to fight yep. back and uh, grab our essential liberties.
0: Yeah, they cut him off there because I guess Donald Trump was coming out to speak, and it was time to like let you know push him out. He only got like a few seconds in, but anyway, now I have to explain to you. The situation that i found myself in recently i've been doing this thing where i have three youtube channels okay i have my main channel telltale my fireside chat channel and i have my telltale unfiltered channel now on the telltale unfiltered channel i usually do like long form breakdowns like what i have pulled up here is a charlie kirk interview with kirk cameron It's like 30 minutes long, so I will sit down and watch the entire interview on Twitch, like beginning to end. It usually takes me about an hour to get through or so. Sometimes two hours, depends. So after watching it on Twitch, I will edit it down a little bit, fix the audio, and upload it to my Telltale Unfiltered channel, my third channel. I did this with Greg Locke. I talked about him on my main channel, my Fireside Chat channel, and then I talked about him on Twitch, his whole... Broken down interview with these people and everything. Did the same thing with Jim Brewer recently, and I was going to do this with Kirk Cameron. So I was editing this video for my main channel about Kirk Cameron, and I uploaded it last night. And guess what? It turns out Kirk Cameron Content ID protected his entire YouTube channel. That's a system that only famous Hollywood actors have access to like i don't have access to content id normal people don't so he's basically protected himself from being criticized at all on youtube anything that he puts out on youtube cannot be talked about on youtube because it it, it'll immediately alert him and it'll be taken down basically so needless to say i can't play the interview with charlie kirk and kirk cameron I literally only had a day's notice to do what I did to find a workaround, because I don't feel like it's right to not criticize him. I don't feel like it's right to let him get away with this. So what I did was I subtitled everything. I subtitled the whole thing, and then I read the subtitles. So I basically dub over it. And then I did, like, screenshots every couple of seconds to give you an idea of who was talking and what was happening at that exact moment. So... We'll give this a shot. This is my copyright-safe method of addressing Kirk Cameron despite his best efforts to prevent it. This interview with Charlie Kirk came out February 19th, 2022. So give this a listen. Kirk Cameron, I want to talk about how you and me and the people that are watching can practically do something to practice religious freedom. Because if we don't practice it, it's going to go away. And how we can protect it from those who are taking it away from us. I'm kind of confused by what he means when he says what we can practically do to practice religious freedom. But aren't you practicing religious freedom every time you go to church or whatever? Like, what are you even talking about? He's got this deep persecution complex where he thinks people are trying to take his religious freedom away from him. It's bizarre. This was Kirk Cameron's question to Charlie Kirk. So let's see what Charlie Kirk's answer is to this. How do we exercise religious freedom? This is what he said. Are you the same person publicly that you are privately? That's the most important thing that we first have to do. So what he's saying here is, are you an extremist? That's really the question. We know that if you're watching this, you're most likely an extremist. Are you public about that? You need to be public about how extreme you are. That's what Charlie Kirk seems to be saying here. No more disguising yourself when you leave your home. No more that you have to put on this jersey of being kind of this, like, secular liberal when you're at work. No. You don't need to pretend to be a secular liberal. Nobody is asking you to be that. We're just asking you to not shove stuff down our throats and be an extreme little nutcase who eats himself alive with hate and conspiracy theories. That's all we're asking. Or, or, Alternatively, don't say a word about politics at work. I won't say a word about politics at work. You don't say a word about politics at work. See how simple that is? We can work together. We can get things accomplished if we don't touch the subject. That's not good enough for Charlie Kirk. That is not what he wants. That is not an acceptable answer. Charlie Kirk is encouraging people in this interview to be extreme. Come out and act like a wingnut. That is what he's telling people to do. You're living under the tyranny of other pressure. Yes, you might lose your job. Yes, you might lose your friends. But the moment that you have to now pretend to be somebody that you're not in social situations, then they've won. I'm not asking you to pretend to be something that you're not. I'm asking you to just not talk about it at all, if, if nothing else. You don't have to pretend, just don't talk about it. Is there literally nothing in your life that is more important than this? Is this the highlight of your life, wearing a red Trump hat and hating liberals? I know that's your entire personality, but can you set the personality aside for like eight hours a day while we work so that we can get things accomplished together? Like you don't have to be that 24 seven, do you? Just get a job done. Like we're all here to do a job. Charlie Kirk does not want that. Charlie Kirk wants people to be extreme. That's what he's saying. You have to now pretend to be somebody that you're not in social situations. Then they've won. The minute that breaks, then all of a sudden they're going to start to lose. Their power is their ability to make us to conform. I'm not asking anybody to conform. Honestly, I'm not. I'm asking you to chill out and work with me to get this job done so that I can go home and like eat a bag of chips and drink a beer. That's it. That's all I'm asking. I don't need you to conform to me. Just don't be a nutcase for eight hours a day. That's it. I believe it's Romans 8.12, or Romans 12.8. This is how I kind of get the numbers screwed up at times. Uh, Do not conform... Wow, that's great Christianity there, uh, Charlie Kirk. Uh, Do not conform to the ways of this world. It is a biblical teaching to not conform to the ways of this world. Yeah, the fact that he whipped that verse out is a little concerning to me. Actually, it's very concerning to me, because Jehovah's Witnesses use the exact same verse to justify not being around non-Jehovah's Witnesses. This group that we're talking about right now a little bit of an amorphous group you know charlie kirk and kirk cameron's like brand of christianity or whatever they are going deep down cult territory right now and it is very concerning to see there's always been a cult there in the background but these people are getting more extreme as time goes on and they're dragging more people down with them this is kirk cameron speaking now it's switching away from charlie kirk Kirk Cameron is about to ask another question of Charlie Kirk going in a different direction. Listen to this. Kirk Cameron, most of us know that this is going to come at some kind of cost. Like you said, losing your job um, is a big deal for someone who doesn't have a big social media platform to be able to uh, other ways of getting their message out. Yeah, I, I just quoted it verbatim. I know it's a mess. Uh, I stuck in every word that he said, even the ums and the uhs. I just felt like that was the best way to do it. I know it's a little choppy. Just bear with me. And so understandably, it's like, well, what do I do? But if we all do it, if we all join together, voluntary unions, and we begin to associate with one another. Again, voluntary unions. That's Those are the words he used. I don't even know what he means, but... I get the idea. What he's saying is if we all join together and we quit Twitter together, if all conservative Christians quit Twitter and we go to our own social media networks, then we can segregate the country. That's what they're going for. Really, that's what they're going for. They're trying to segregate the country. That's, that's what is being discussed right now. We can then begin rebuilding the systems and the institutions, which is what we should have been doing from the beginning, rather than relying on platforms built by people who want to destroy our message. Twitter doesn't want to destroy your message. There are like a billion religious people on Twitter. Twitter has rules about what you are and aren't allowed to do. It heavily revolves around your behavior. Are you harassing people? Are you stalking people? Are you mistreating or bullying? Also, are you spreading misinformation? Are you spreading COVID conspiracy theories? All this stuff is taken into account when Twitter decides to take down tweets. You know, if you don't want your message to be taken down, then make it one that isn't harassing or attacking somebody or make it one that isn't full-blown misinformation about COVID conspiracy theories. Simple as that rather than relying on platforms built by people who want to destroy our message. Right? That would be like Jesus trying to depend on the Pharisees to disseminate the gospel. Dude, I love the screenshots. I know the audio audience can't see them right now, but I just took the screenshots at random. This was totally unintentional. But look at the faces this guy is making right now. I absolutely love it. Look at the faces he's making right now. Oh my god. It's just priceless, man, really. I love it. Anyway, let's continue who want to destroy our message, right? That would be like Jesus trying to depend on the Pharisees to disseminate the gospel to Israel. You'd be like, well, of course they're not going to want to do that. Well, you know, you can write a book. You're perfectly within your rights to write a book and send it to somebody or whatever. And that's what Jesus was doing and all of his people. They were doing this exact thing. They were writing things down and sending it out to people. Nobody is going to prevent you from writing a book and sending it out to people. But what he's doing here is encouraging segregation. And I honestly think that we should be more concerned about that message than we are right now. You'd be like, well, of course, they're not gonna wanna do that. And so he created his own disciple, I mean, discipleship program and sending them out, right? And that's what we need to begin doing. And I see people are doing it because we have no choice now. So here's my big problem, okay? My big problem with this kind of thing is what it causes people to do. I wanna show you a clip of Charlie Kirk at an event being asked a question by somebody. And it perfectly illustrates what this type of rhetoric, this type of behavior encourages in people. Let me show you what Charlie Kirk's audience is thinking when they hear him saying things like this.
2: At this point, we're living under a corporate and medical fascism
0: no we aren't corporate and medical fascism no it's nonsense what he's talking about is like vaccine mandates and all that other stuff for one thing we were never mandated to take vaccines never that was never even a possibility biden i think signed an executive order that would make companies either get their employees vaccinated or test them weekly one or the other you always Had an out you didn't even have to get fired you could get tested once a week or get vaccinated so at no point in time were we living under medical tyranny or medical fascism whatever you call it as far as corporate fascism goes i think we have different definitions so i'm not even going to address that one let's keep listening
2: this is tyranny
0: when do we get to use the guns
2: no and, I, and, I, and i'm not that's not a joke i'm not saying it like that i mean literally where's the line how many elections are they going to steal before we kill
1: these people so not-
0: this is what it encourages people to do this is the mindset that charlie kirk's audience has because of the language the rhetoric that he uses now in charlie kirk's defense he denounced that and the reason that he denounced it was because He says it plays right into their hands. When they, some amorphous, mysterious they, of course being liberals or the cabal, if you will, when the cabal hears you say things like that, it justifies them taking away your gun rights. You know, if there was a reason to take somebody's guns away, I would say that question would be one of them, for sure, absolutely. I don't care what reason you had for denouncing it. The fact that your audience is saying things like this is absolutely wrong. And it's your fault. It's your fault. This is the kind of thing that this rhetoric encourages right here. He should be ashamed of himself. Let's listen to the next clip from Kirk Cameron. I think it's Kirk Cameron starting out here. Listen to what he had to say. If we could bring back the value for religious freedom, and we could re-enshrine it and celebrate it and defend it all across this nation, what would be the positive effects that we would begin to see culturally? Are you kidding me? Religious freedom is something that I stand for. I believe in religious freedom. I am all for it. What are you even talking about, religious freedom? You think that I'm against religious freedom? Religious freedom is the thing that gives me the right to not be a Christian. Christianity is the majority religion in the United States. It holds all the power, all the cards. Of course I'm in favor of religious freedom. I need protection from you. He never wanted religious freedom. He doesn't care about religious freedom. What he cared about was religious supremacy. He realizes that there is a barrier. He found the barrier. The barrier is you're not allowed to shove yourself into politics in blatant ways. And they started pushing that barrier as much as they could. They want to knock it down. And until they knock that barrier down, until they run the government, full blown run the government, they're going to claim to be persecuted by that. It's completely unhinged from reality. Like, it. His worldview is not representative of reality in any way, shape, or form. And honestly, it hasn't been since 1988 at the very latest. Next, we're going to talk about the kidnapping plot against Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. The trial against the kidnappers has officially started. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. Next story I wanted to talk about is about Gretchen Whitmer. Do you guys remember this? Gretchen Whitmer was the governor, or maybe is still the governor, of Michigan. During the pandemic, she was the governor of Michigan. And there was a group of people who created this whole kidnapping plot to, like, kidnap her, and they had a whole plan that they were going to play out on national TV with her and other public officials. They were on the way to do it. They were on their way when they were intercepted by the FBI. It was a really big deal. I think October 2020 when this played out is right before the election, I believe. It's crazy stuff. Well, their trials are going on right now, and there's stuff happening that we need to talk about with this story. So I just want to give you guys a little bit of lead up to this, kind of catch you up and and remind you of what happened with this. And then we're going to talk about, like, what's going on now with the trial, because there's some crazy stuff happening at the moment. First story I wanted to glance through here. It's on New York Times. The title is, FBI says Michigan anti-government group plotted to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. It was written by Nicholas Bogle Burroughs, Sheila Dewin, and Kathleen Gray. I apologize for butchering the names. I'm sure I did. Published October 8th, 2020. Updated April 13th, 2021. So let's read this. Storming the state capitol. Instigating a civil war. Abducting a sitting governor ahead of the presidential election. Those were among the plots described by federal and state officials in Michigan on Thursday. Remember, this is written October 8th so of 2020, so it's pretty old. Those are among the plots described by federal and state officials in Michigan on Thursday as they announced terrorism, conspiracy, and weapons charges against 13 men. At least six of them, officials said, had hatched a detailed plan to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer, a Democrat who's become a focal point of anti-government views and anger over coronavirus control measures. The group that planned the kidnapping met repeatedly over the summer for firearms training and combat drills and practiced building explosives, the FBI said. Members also gathered several times to discuss the mission, including in the basement of a shop that was accessible only through a trap door under a rug. The men spied on Miss Whitmer's vacation home in August and September, even looking under a highway bridge for places they could place and detonate a bomb to distract the authorities, the FBI said. They indicated that they wanted to take Miss Whitmer hostage before the election in November, and one man said they should take her to a secure location in Wisconsin for a trial that they were going to hold, of course. They're going to hold the trial for her. Mr. Trask was the FBI special agent, who filed the the criminal complaint basically against them. Mr. Trask said that one of those arrested had brought a taser for the mission last week and that the men had been planning to buy explosives on Wednesday. Court records indicated that at least five of the men had been arrested on Wednesday in Cilante, Michigan, I think. I apologize to residents of Cilante, Michigan for butchering the name of your town. I did my best. It was not immediately clear if the sixth man had been taken into custody. I knew this job would be hard, Miss Whitmer said on Thursday in reaction to the news of the arrests, but I'll be honest, I never could have imagined anything like this. Wow these people straight up by the way this is a picture of one of them the ringleader if you're watching and not listening these people are full-blown christian extremists i mean full-blown right-wing christian extremists at this point what do we do with this problem seriously i am so glad the fbi is handling this honestly i am so glad we have the fbi Doing what they do to make sure that these people are not like succeeding in the plots that they have oh my god That is nuts. Well now that we're a little bit caught up on it check this clip out This is from somebody named Rick Wiles. I haven't covered him in a while I should probably take a look at what he's up to soon Uh, He had an opinion on this on Gretchen Whitmer So let's listen to what old Rick Wiles had to say. He's a televangelist, megachurch pastor kind of fella, the host of True News. I think he's the owner of True News. Uh, Some supposed quote-unquote news service, if you will, on YouTube and other places. It's an opinion show, kind of like mine, except far, far, far right-wing. So anyway, early October, 2020, this is right after all of the arrests took place. Listen to what Rick Wiles had to say about the situation.
7: Governor Whitmer, who uh, suffered a big political defeat last week when the Michigan Supreme Court said she didn't have the powers that she thought she had. So what happened today? She said that there was a militia plot to kidnap her. I got something to say to the governor. Did you at all, stop and think, what are you doing that drives middle-class, law-abiding, tax-paying citizens to think about kidnapping you?
0: Okay, well, first of all, they're not law-abiding because they were planning to break the law. Just wanna make note of that little point, for one thing. And for another thing, there is no justification for that behavior, none. There is no justification for it. You ha- you need to find another way. I only believe in violence if there is no other way to get out of the situation and somebody is about to be violent against you. Viol- uh, someone else's violence is imminent. No way to avoid it. And or they've used it against you already. There is no other justification in my mind. This guy is straight up justifying violence these militia people trying to kidnap her. That's what he's doing right now. I mean, this was largely the response from the right. What are you doing? Are
7: your policies so extreme, so uh, radical?
0: No. No, they weren't. They were not that extreme or radical. That you're
7: pushing people over the line to say we have to get that woman out of the governor's office?
0: Look, if she was like tying people up and like forcing, like, you know, a clockwork orange forcing their eyes open and making them watch the Teletubbies or something. Everybody in town was being forced to watch the Teletubbies or else. I can see real pushback being justified there. Not what they did. That's not justified under any circumstances in my mind. This next article I wanted to look at is titled Man Involved in Michigan Governor Kidnapping Plot Said God Gave Him Permission to Kill. Anybody here surprised by that title? This is on the Friendly Atheist website written by Beth Stoneburner. This is written January 15th, 2021. So it was uh, like three months or so after they were charged with their crimes. Barry Croft, 45, of Bear, Delaware, I think, pleaded not guilty and was denied bond during a hearing in federal court in Grand Rapids. Oh my god, I am so glad that he was denied bail. Croft is the national leader of the Three Percenters, a small militia that participated in the January 6th insurgents at the U.S. Capitol, FBI Special Agent Richard Trask said during the hearing. Croft was saying he was granted permission from God to commit murder. Correct? Kessler asked the FBI agent. Correct, Trask said. This guy believed that he had permission to do this from God. That's where we're at. That's that's where we are as a country right now. That's, what the, that's where these people's heads are. My God, what is going through their minds. Here's the next article on the subject that I wanted to see. It's on CNN. The title is FBI Raids Home over threats made to judge attorneys and potential witness in Michigan governor Whitmer kidnap plot trial the judge the witnesses and the attorneys are dealing with threats and the FBI is raiding people's homes over it so their trial starts like Barry Croft and all you know the whole the militia group All of their trials start, and now they're dealing with threats. The judge and the attorneys and everybody, and witnesses are dealing with threats. That is nuts. Let's read the article. This is from CNN, written by Lauren Del Valle, I think, or Del Valle. Uh, once again, I apologize for butchering your name, I did my best. Written March 30th, 2022. FBI agents raided a residence on the outskirts of Detroit last Friday in connection to threats made to the judge, two defense attorneys, and at least one potential witness in the ongoing federal trial of four men accused of plotting to kidnap Michi- Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. District Judge Robert Junker? and the Wow, what a last name, man. I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry that you're dealing with that. Must not have been fun growing up. And the attorneys for defendants Adam Fox and Barry Croft received threats in connection to the trial. Detroit FBI Special Agent Mara Schneider confirmed to CNN. The nature of the threats has not been disclosed to the public. No arrests have been made in connection to the threats, according to Schneider. It's unclear if the federal courthouse in Grand Rapids has increased security measures for the trial as a result of the threats on trial participants. Prosecutors rested their case Wednesday morning. Fox, Croft, Daniel Harris, and Brandon Caserta, which are the four people involved, we'll be reading more about them in a minute, face federal charges for allegedly conspiring to kidnap the Democratic governor in 2020. All have pleaded not guilty. Fox, Croft, and Harris face additional charges of conspiring to use weapons of mass destruction, including explosive devices, according to court documents. Paid confidential informant Steven Robeson also received threats, according to the FBI. Robeson, who has not yet testified in the case, informed the court that he'll invoke his Fifth Amendment right not to incriminate himself if he's called to testify in a defense case. The dude said he's going to use his Fifth Amendment right to not incriminate himself so he doesn't have to deal with the death threats, presumably. This is real, guys. I mean, this is really happening right now. These people are real, and they plotted and conspired to kidnap a U.S. governor and got caught. This is where the U.S. right is right now. I think Barry Croft, this picture right here, top right, if you're watching, I believe he's the one that was the leader of the 3%ers group, the national leader, I think, of the 3%ers. It's like an extremist group that is obsessed with getting what they want. It is real concerning stuff. Let's just read this little segment about Croft, Barry Croft, he's the leader of the Three Percenters. The 46-year-old trucker from Bear, Delaware, is an adherent of the Boogaloo movement, which believes the country is broken and that the politicians should be targeted and attacked, Assistant U.S. Attorney Jonathan Roth said. Croft and Fox attended a meeting of allies in Dublin, Ohio, in July 2020. So this was, um, this was three months before the planned kidnapping, I guess. Croft and Fox attended a meeting of allies in Dublin, Ohio, July 2020. So did an informant who recorded Croft saying he was so devoted to an anti-government cause, I might murder a cop. Holy mother. Croft said he was even willing to slash his cheek in an effort to fool face detection technology used by law enforcement. Or you could just wear a mask. Did you ever consider that one? Do you ever think about wearing a mask? People were wearing masks at that time because there was a raging pandemic. Why didn't wearing a mask cross your cross your mind? Why was cutting your face the first thing you considered? Are you serious? Jesus, man pull it together. One criminal governor in our possession. We've captured the flag in the state. We can then start to issue terms, Croft said in a video in May 2020. Defense attorney Joshua Blanchard said Croft was targeted by thin-skinned FBI agents who simply didn't like his disgust of government. There was no plan, there was no agreement, and no kidnapping, he said. That's nutty. That is absolutely nutty, dude. We're in a bad place in the U.S. right now, man. That that people like this are out there right now. I mean, I know there have always been militia groups out there like this, uh, and I know that the FBI has always worked to, you know, resolve that problem, but the size of militia groups is growing right now. The numbers that they have, the level of extremism, and the thing that they're focused on, which is a love for Trump and a hate for Democrats. It is really concerning stuff. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week.